Welcome to the fifth episode of And Uh with Aaron Epperson and Matt Hulamard. We're here with our guest, the one and only Joel Barker, who works for Lion's Way. Lion's Way, uh, which is a uh, writing shop, pretty much, that does uh, business to business and technical writing for other companies. Uh, we've known Joel, just kind of working with him at WeWork in downtown Portland for a while and love talking to him, so we wanted to have him on the show and get to know him. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Great. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to be here. Um, I've asked you both independently where you weren't there what this podcast was about, and you generally agreed, which I'm impressed oh, by. Oh, wow. Okay. What did we say? Because I don't remember. You liked hearing people's stories about why they do the things they do. Yeah. High five. Yeah, high five to that. Mm. Ooh. All right. Also, I need to mention probably before we go in, if anyone hears any weird sniffy noises, I acquired a new puppy named Willie, mm-hmm. and I guess I'll put a photo of him in the show notes because people will ask. <laughs> he's, he's adorable. He's adorable. He's, yeah. he's fucking adorable. He's like a grenade of cute. He's yeah. just rolled into a room and everybody dives. Yep. Although much. I think he just farted, unless it was one of you two. It, it, was, was, it was Joel. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so we learned something just now. <laughs> any weird noise? Someone's alive. <laughs> Someone's alive. Someone in this room is alive. <laughs> Someone. Anyway, uh, any weird noises? It's probably the puppy. So yeah. please forgive us for the uh, audio. But without further ado, who? How are you? Who are you? Why are you here? Well, I, I certainly <laughs> like talking, and 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 I was honored to be invited to talk. Um, period. Uh, period. Yeah, um, I uh, am here in this building because I also, although I guess this is your guys' last day here, which will soften all of our. Actually, experience. that got next, but that's a story for another time. We're oh, staying. Like an hour You're ago. staying. Yeah, yeah, we're staying. Yeah, yeah, we're staying. I'm happy to hear that. Oh, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I call off the party. I started this. Call off I started the party. <laughs> all of we were. They fucking left. <laughs> <laughs> I started. I started uh, this company uh, ten years ago. Now um, to write for a living, uh, and that was uh, an interesting decision. I had been writing for a living for six years prior to that uh, for another company that worked for Microsoft almost exclusively. We got to write about technology and get paid for it, and uh, that was a great revelation because I really identified myself as a writer, and like the the experience of putting of choosing the right next word is like a, a core truism about like happiness for me is like doing that and having done that well. Really? Um, yeah. That's a lot of passion for. That's great that you yeah, know no, that, too. It's, I mean, it, it is, yeah. A lot of people don't know what that makes them happy. That's, that's a heavy like, statement. Like, I, I, I stand by out. it, too. I'm not, well, I am a fucking dramatic person, but, like, I, I, <laughs> that's that not. shirt, like, for visuals, you're wearing a tight V-neck. So, yeah, I could see how you are a dramatic person. I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, you're not going to make me cry. Okay. So, and we're not, both from not, the same town. We're both, we're from, actually, we're from rival towns. Oh so you're from Shelbyville. Um, that dog is going to electrocute itself before the end of this episode. Yeah, we're not going to do that, buddy. Um, why don't you, just so you can be more effective. Um, anyway, uh, y- you can be harsh with me, and I would love it if you were. It's, it's a compliment, really. And, I mean, however much harshness you can yeah. summon out of your personality. Matt is the <laughs> nicest yeah. person. I know, he's it's really there. nice. He, yeah. he walked me. across the street and a chipmunk apologized to him once for being in his way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I feel like the times that I do, I am harsh with people, I feel like I go overboard. I can't find that balance of, you know, like, damn, maybe that was a little too much. Do you, like, much. shoot them in the leg? <laughs> no. Like, well, so, so you don't like the response when you're harsh is what you're, you're I saying. think so, yeah. yeah. That's fine. I'll be like, oh, maybe I crossed the line on that one. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody's going to be like, or... Not everybody's like me is going to be like, hey, thanks for being harsh, Question. Matt. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's, that's <laughs> They're usually going to be like, yeah. you know, <laughs> hand to fist on that. So, yeah, yeah I'm down. So, so anyway, feel free to uh, try to denigrate me like that I, time you uh, totally changed my wardrobe forever by mentioning that I was wearing a T-shirt and dress pants. I'll just ref this. I don't remember doing that, by the way, for everybody in the audience. I don't think I ever actually ruined your wardrobe. By <laughs> Anyway... So let's back up. Okay. Where does your story start, and then where do you find the love of writing? 
Oh, the love of writing is from, like, I wrote a poem when I was very young. I would, let's see, so I was at the Antler Street House in Redmond, so I Redmond. was... Redmond, Oregon, yeah. Okay. Um, Beautiful town. Where <laughs> you work for the... Work for the Chamber of Commerce or something? <laughs> By the way, my, my mother is Citizen of the Year for Redmond 2018. So. Is she? Yeah. No. What? Why am I talking to you? I know. She's amazing. You guys know the Ungers at all? Yeah. yeah. The Ungers? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's very familiar. That's a really good friend of mine. I play music with them. With Alex. Oh, Alex Unger. His brother, Rob. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. yeah no, that's all right. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Central Oregon. Woo! <laughs> um, this is one of those podcasts where we do, like, bro woos all the time. All the time. (laughs) 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 Not very believable at all. Did they woo in California? I don't know. So I was under six, and I wrote a poem called "The Untidy Brain," and it was just it was it was like wandering around the brain of a creative person that had weird things in his brain. That's really deep for a six-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, you were really going in there. Yeah, yeah, I was really into that, and and I. I, uh, I felt pretty good about that. I, it's funny that I still remember that I wrote a poem called The Untidy Brain. Mm-hmm. I'm 43, so that was nearly four decades ago. That's what kicked it off. I mean, everybody and, has memories from when they're little. Yeah. Of like, I don't know, throwing up macaroni or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess that. maybe. You know. What's my first memory? I don't know. This is about you. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I... Um, just like uh, writing, writing was associated with pleasure or with like significance, I guess, like the work. Um, did you get a lot of play, praise for your writing? I noticed sure. you were very dramatic, like you said you were. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I certainly did. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in, in high school, I became very emotional. And growing up in Central Oregon, as an emotional person is hard. Um, um we could get into that if you want, I guess. I talk about that too much, apparently, so... Oh, yeah, he brings it up every episode. Well, we should have our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you could interview us about growing up in Central Oregon. So it's, you know, I, I'll speak to it not knowing what you say about it, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an area where, like, gender roles were pretty traditionally defined, um, and there is certainly value to that, but there's also some challenges if you stray from that, say, have difficulty maintaining your emotions or something like that. So um, uh, writing then was like an outlet for a lot of energy and confusion, et cetera. Um, Creative writing. Yeah. And and so that became, that, you know, as, as your identity is formed as a teenager, like that's what, you know, people are like, what do you do? Like, I write. Um, And, uh, Again, like, were people letting you know, like, hey, actually, you're really good at this? Uh, time, or are you just like, I don't did it know. because you I don't know. Like, did it? I mean, yeah. my friends did, but oh, okay. like, I, I never. I, I mean, I, and my dad is a writer as well, oh, so okay. there's. Oh, really? Okay. okay. Yeah. So okay. I, so, so my dad. This is a, a, a good yeah uh, or and a thing is that um, my dad had a degree in English, and his father was a preacher, and uh, he loves the written word. He just nerds out on proper use of particular words, structure. He writes on the side. He's done columns for the local paper and, you know, a variety of different things. But he made his living as a cabinet maker. And kind of the delight of that, like, intersection in the house was that he built for our church a uh, podium for the big, giant, freaking... I don't know if they still have. They probably just have like an iPad now, but like the, <laughs> the giant podium. old uh, Bible, right? That yeah. was up there for like the Bible readings every week. He built a big podium for that. It was a beautiful oak thing, and he built two of them. Brought one home and put the OED on it. <laughs> so at our house, we had like an unabridged dictionary uh, on this uh, podium. <laughs> That's beautiful. And yeah. from, from the kitchen, like if there was a conversation that required like a definition, like somebody would get up and like flip to the appropriate page on the already opened abridged, unabridged dictionary on this like beautiful Oak podium. Really? So that sounds like from a very young age, you're being exposed to a lot of, uh, words. How do you communicate with people? How do you get your ideas across? Yeah, it was elevated yeah. to being like that's the important thing. You know, it's like um, 
you guys like those sports movies like Rad and American Flyer? I mean, uh, like, I've never heard of either of those. Movies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. so but fucking. Like, good. Yeah. But, but, but you know those like those yeah. sports <laughs> metaphor movies where Mighty it's Ducks. Like, yeah, yeah. Where it's like everybody in this city, it's all about. Javelin, right, yeah. or something, right? Like javelin is is how like you impress the ladies and all that stuff. And there's that one guy who's like not quite good at it, but he shows promise and he gets like a outland or an outsider coach who like does some non traditional thing and then makes him into like the get the girl like javelin guy. Like I love these movies. <laughs> and then if that movie was made around my family, it would be like conjugating verbs appropriately. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it would be like properly modifying dun, participles. Dun 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 <laughs> Dun dun dun. <laughs> exactly. Pen. Just a pen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the What was the first thing that you remember writing that you felt impacted another person? Oh God, I don't know if I've even done that yet. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Like yeah. Now, now it's time. To no, dig I, deep. I mean this is like there's a big hole. Like, way to way to get there, man, fucker. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, is that something you're striving for? Is it like Always, you write for yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, uh, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of exposure. I'm not published in anything curated in terms of my creative work. Like, I've written some stuff that I think is fucking great, but, like, I'm very bad at bad So your at ego's the, fine? My ego yeah. is totally fine, okay, actually. Cool. Yeah. 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 It's it's, it's healthy. Um, but, but I, you know, it's not, uh, my, my, my content is not, like, out there doing a lot for other people, um, even now. I've been published a, a couple of times, a few little things, but um, but yeah. Um, so uh, the the creative work, like you know, I, I share it with friends, and I look at it and feel like yeah, it's pretty good. But some of them, I look at them like, "Fucker, you wrote that twenty years ago. Mm. Like, why is it? Why did you never submit it?" <laughs> <laughs> for somebody else. What's your process like? Your writing process. Oh, like my you, writing process. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. You have to write. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. the, the big thing. And you have to love it. Um, and so I I make it as fun as possible. When, when I put pressure on myself and I'm disappointed with myself because I'm not the person I expect to be or the writer I expect to be, everything turns out horribly. Um the best writing is done in periods of time where you that you can't remember. Hmm. There like there's this thing called flow. Have you heard about this idea oh, yeah. of flow? Like you get into it and you're like and it's not like a fugue state where you're but but when you look at the thing you made, you can't quite remember the point where you did the thing that made it into that. It, yeah. The what? Yeah. Like that tipped it into into the next room. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So um that's kind of what I was getting at too with that question was just like th- throughout your life are there areas or times when you feel more creative than than you normally do yeah. like you know certain things in your life line up where you know you're not just working your, your normal job you know yeah. eight hours or whatever um, and you have more of this time to think about these other well that oh man I love the way you asked that question because I can go like see none of the above like right now is one of the most creative times in my life because like, I got up early this morning because I got a flat tire last night on my bicycle and I had to yeah. leave my bike out somewhere. Woke up at 5 because I had, like, this anxiety attack, which has been, like, a fun thing that I've been doing lately, sort of a hobby. Um, they are like a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrifying hobby. Yeah, exactly. Squirrel suits, that's nothing, man. Yeah. How about a 5 a.m. anxiety attack? Anyway, so I got in my car and drove uh, up to pick up my bike and grabbed my computer just in case and then sure enough like pissed away enough time that traffic was going to be in the way so I sat down at a coffee shop and and like worked on an essay for an hour and it was not magical it was just freaking like (laughs) chewing on a muffin like you know looking at you know looking through it and like picking it like playfully picking away at things and it's and that mindset can flow out from like checking the gas and to and then the the call that starts my work day like mm-hmm. it it feels unmagical and then it's cheaper right yeah does that make sense yeah so you are you saying that like the essay that you were working on it 
like the experience of it was magical, but you, like the work was really good? Or are you saying that like just? I'm saying I didn't have to like hit a gong, like put on the special <laughs> yeah, robe, exactly. you know, like mm-hmm. fill the air with saffron smells in order to start writing. I just totally. was like, oh, I got a little bit of time. Like, let's see, you know, how does that look to me right now? And like, oh, I'm going to change this. Tense is wrong there. And then and then you're in the flow. Yeah, you know? yeah. I know what you, you know, I, I do get what you're saying. I've, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about how I have this routine of going to get coffee every morning at the same cafe, but lately I've been switching it up, going to different cafes. Uh, You're such a man of mystery. (laughs) No, and I I told somebody this, and she said, well, um, when you do things like that, when you change up your routine and you go somewhere different, your your brain's like, well, what's going on? This Mm -hmm. isn't the normal thing. So you're you're more alert, and your brain's, you know, working in a different capacity. So when you do get in that, that different state... Your your brain your brain's already like high functioning of like what's mm-hmm. going on around me so mm-hmm. you need to apply it you need to direct it probably you know to the words on the page it probably yeah. amplifies your your capability to create yeah. that's my theory anyway yeah I think that's a that's definitely an element it's like changing up the routine yeah yeah it makes you uh, pay attention more I mean I I was actually because we got the dog uh, so people have seen pictures of me I'm bigger uh, and my doctor was like yo homie you need to join a gym or do something. And he mentioned getting a dog, and I hate the gym. Everybody hates the gym. The gym is horrible. <laughs> horrible. The gym is not Ex- good for you. Especially when you're bigger, because you go in there and, like, Who's people... this gym guy you guys yeah. talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and d- why are you inside of him? Yeah, like, yeah. That's uncomfortable yeah. for everybody. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what to say now. Anyway. <laughs> Statue of limitations. Statue yeah, yeah. Limitations. Anyway. Uh, oh, there was a Trump dog in there somewhere. Dog, anyway, yeah. dog. Um... We uh, so I was like thinking about it, and I was like, man, because I went to like a gym next to my house. I had like a free, like a like a free week, and I went, and I felt good, and then I stood there because, and I don't need to talk about this very much. But when you're bigger in a gym, it just sucks because like mm-hmm. you're not really thinking about your health; you're thinking about the dude next to you. Self consciousness. Yeah, yeah, you're just like fuck this, and I don't really want to be here. So I like got home and I kind of thinking about, it, and I've and I've had this excuse where like I don't have a pet because I just don't want the responsibility, mm-hmm. and then I realized. I need to make a change. And then now that I've had him, we've had him for like less, a little less than a week, but I've gotten up at 5 a.m. every morning. I've gone on a 30-minute walk almost every morning. Yeah. And then and then it was just this weird, like, and I felt, and I, I like, because I, anxiety and all that kind of other stuff. Like, you know, everybody <laughs> has a touch of that. But the other night I was like sitting there, I was like, I feel pretty good. <laughs> Which and, is weird. And and like and then it was also <laughs> like things are easier to get through because like I just feel more yeah. around, and I think that's because I've like totally changed up my routine yeah. um, and, and other stuff and I, I think that's very true. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, it's there's, hard though. It's it so is, hard. It is hard. I was just, everywhere. Oh my oh god. god. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's so I was thinking about change yesterday. No. Two days ago. That we are recording on the 31st of May. We are. Mm-hmm. And the 29th of May is the anniversary. Yesterday, two days ago was the eight-year anniversary of me quitting smoking. After smoking for 19 years, which, counting backwards, is embarrassing. I started <laughs> very young, and it was completely counter to my family. Like, it was no, nobody in my family smoked. It was Because Jesus. I don't know. I just felt like you said you come from a really nice family. That was oh, rude. so they must be Christian. Was that rude? You said be harsh on you. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know it's, it's funny. You said be harsh. <laughs> no, it's funny because they, they 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 are Christians, but like not like Bible thumping Christians at all. It was it was such a part of my life for so long, and like I don't know if you've been any in any kind of like trap like that, like right. a habit mm-hmm. trap where you just like this is this is wired to who I am. Like I couldn't imagine not having it, even if I don't like it, and. Eight years gone. Like, I can't imagine putting a cigarette in my mouth. Like, I can't imagine that, like, going into a meeting and knowing that you're going to, like, just lose your train of thought 50 minutes from now. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, like all those things that were such a part of that experience are are, are transformed. And, and I, I try to think back to that, that era, like, eight years ago, where I changed. And, like, it was, it was such a powerful thing where, like, everything... Everything had to be different, you know. Because, yeah. Like the cigarette, the thought of smoking was always like looping it's back into your thought. Like, Come on. Yeah. Did you have to like replace the act of smoking a cigarette with something else? 
Oh, like something man. to fill that void. You're like, oh, I got this feeling. Like, let me. Well, I did. Instead. I did two things. <laughs> two things, because I'm. I'm because I am who I am. Um, I. I was finally successful by admitting that I wasn't stronger than the physiological addiction. The physiological addiction is so weird and powerful. And even if you're just like super tough and you could like get shot in the arm and yeah. just be like, it's all right, I'll just tie it off with a tourniquet. Like <laughs> the, the fact that you know that you can fix that discomfort changes your thinking. So I took mm-hmm. a nicotine replacement. I was using like a lozenge. Oh, okay. And and then I uh, became an obsessive runner. Running was this replacement for all sorts of things. And now, like, I'm having to, like, learn how to run joyfully. Because it used to be <laughs> yeah. just this, like, fuck everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, God, my ex-girlfriend. And, like, the pain in my <laughs> chest. And it's, like, running. Like, fuck you all. That sounds and like trying to run means... happily is a totally different art that I'm still <laughs> trying to accommodate. Yeah. Running towards joy. Oh, that's the name of your autobiography now. <laughs> that's that. You're gonna make me cry. That's dickish. That's <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> god, it's true what they say about Prineville. Oh god, what Never. do they say about Prineville? Mm. Ask him. You know. <laughs> you know. Do I even have to say? It? <laughs> I don't have to say it. Um, you went over there for like the first time. Yeah, this last weekend. weekend. Yeah. Spurs. Yeah. You see the Spurs. He went to Smith Rock. Oh, oh yeah, I guess I didn't actually go in a Brian Bay. No, no, you went, he went to uh, Metolius River. Mm. Oh, there. beautiful! Yeah. Fishing down there. Oh, you just camped. Oh, yeah. nice. Like a friend had a camp spot down there. Yeah, and, uh, so pretty. See the area. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I can't believe you guys grew up down there. It's like on a clear day, you can see all the mountain peaks, all the volcanoes. You know? it's I like, know. Yeah, it's it's true. like all of them. Yeah. Whenever I take volcano. anybody down there, they're like, oh, "This place is amazing." I'm like. I forgot. I, I <laughs> like I couldn't see any of that for the fact that like everything that I wanted to be was not welcome there. <laughs> <laughs> which which is slightly uh, we uh, I really try not to talk about this when we're on a podcast, but we just grew up so close to each other. Yeah, I I have really worked to get over that part. Me of it. too. Yeah, because there's no point in. Oh, this actually kind of ties into what I want to ask about you next. But there's really no point in getting mad at the people anymore there's none and none. Wow. i and i have struggled with it so much i had a 72 hour rule for a really long time what, oh what yeah is that? in sundown 72 hours if you don't leave you go nuts yeah what? me and my dad have a strict three day yeah not because i don't love my dad it's I just because dad. he lives there yeah i just can't be in that town for more than 72 hours until i shut down yeah it's a uh, you get don't, it too people don't that's amazing people do not believe you when you tell them that. This is like the first time I'm ever hearing of this. this yeah, because crazy. it's a very localized Aaron and I, Yeah, Aaron and I have never discussed this, for what, the record, but yeah. it's totally true. Like, what shuts you down? What, is, what happens? Uh, it's just... Because everything's sad? Oh, well, I, I, I mean, Aaron, for me, it's like I consciously, bu- I consciously looked at everything that was, or as best I could, everything that was offered to me as like the structure of reality, and I had to piece by piece remove and replace elements of it in order to create a person that I believed in. Oh, and when Jesus you God. go there, yeah. when you go there, they just start knocking it out. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's eerily similar. And you're and just like, yeah, you're just tipping all over the place and you turn into a fucking pissed off 13-year-old like that. Yeah, oh no, it's very true. And I don't think that that's just a Central Oregon phenomenon. I don't mm-hmm. want anyone... Central Oregon actually has a lot of great things, like mm-hmm. natural beauty. If you love the outdoors and yeah. you've not been there, you're an idiot. Great like, place to raise your kids. Yeah, and... Well, now. Back that I think it's just... Uh, for me, it's very similar. It's just that you are always told what you will be, not given an option. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, like, I am very gregarious, I guess people have used that word, and I'm very friendly and jovial. Uh, and when I go back there, I, I feel robbed of my ability to do that yeah. because I'm caught up in the expectations everyone had about me when I grew up. Because mm-hmm. small town, and this is probably small town America. I mean, probably, you go, yeah. go to, like, Arkansas and some crappy small town there, like, same thing. But it, and it, it's just like, and, and I think the reason why I don't realize I'm talking about it so much is because this year and like the other parts of my life, like I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in the beginning of a part of my life where I'm not at risk of having to move back right. in with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I think like subconsciously, I was thinking about this the other day, I'm, it's the shakeout of like, now that I'm not like worried about it, 
about like that, oh my God, fuck, what if I gotta go back? What do I need to do to deal with like all the weird shit that yeah. bubbled up through that? And and for like a lot a lot of time, it's really hard to talk about because it's like, well, okay, I had all these weird experiences and people were very like here and and when you bring up when you bring up like growing up where I grew up, like people don't get it. And so when I was in San Francisco and at San Jose, I never talked about it because I would say things that were very normal for me. Sorry, yeah. excuse me. Um, and no one else. Like yeah. you, like yeah. you looking at me right now is like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's that all the time. Right. So you just like so, but so it's just like yeah. So we all went to a party at BLM Land, and we went so to and so beat bonfire. up so and so, and we had to yeah, drive yeah. him to some place for the ambulance to pick him up. Yeah, or, or <laughs> I quit my job at a sawmill because the dude I was stacking door, door jams with uh, got drunk, got alcohol poisoning the same day, still showed up for work, and didn't get sent home. And then uh, it's a sawmill. It's yeah. a sawmill. Spinning blades. Like, yeah, it's really like it's a very dangerous place, and yeah. and so stuff like that. Or like I knew a kid sadly who passed away because they were at a bonfire, driving everybody hammered, died. Mm-hmm. I know, I know it's, a lot of those. And, and, and it's also, and we've talked a little bit about this. Like I think it also kind of just goes back to you're 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 put in a position now where I live here and, I, and I'm very I'm very on my sleeve about this I'm very progressive I'm very liberal I uh, I voted for Bernie even though I wasn't a douche about it um, you know I, <laughs> you're like the ultra, uh, ultra saint yeah, yeah like I, I really you know I, I did I'm, the right thing and I didn't like sing my own praises yeah like I, I volunteer <laughs> for things um, but you know now I'm put in an environment where like when I hear other people talk about where I'm from I want them to shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want, and even if I agree with them, it's because like it's so, it's it's a it's a fucking mind trip. It's because they're so negative, and I'm like, but you really do not understand. And yeah, and now I'm like defending like certain aspects of like, okay, well, why are all these people so shitty? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, and it's really it's that bullshit that's just kind of bubbling to the surface, and it's really hard to know how to deal with it. Yeah, it's it's man. Um, I, I recall going from that like 100% stiff arm like hatred of everything about me. it yeah. to trying to be a little fil- like being a little bit more nuanced about like well what's what's valuable about it. My brother has been huge for me about that. He just doesn't hold anger the way I do. Yeah, and uh, he's 18 months older, 17 months older, um, and uh, and so an amazing thing happened. We were both in college, and we came back, and he, we got we got the parents' car, and we were going to go out drinking, you know. As you do. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, and, and we got in the car, and he put on the local country station. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Because one of the Stop. things... One of the things that's so... That, that, that I've noticed is very different about people that didn't grow up where I came from is that music was so tribal. Like what you listen to, you could not listen to things that were outside of your tribe, right. and mm-hmm. and you listen to all the things. Like I don't really like Depeche Mode, but I listened to Depeche Mode because like people in my tribe listened to Depeche Mode. Like yeah, it's yeah. not okay to not. <laughs> like, I, and I'm simplifying a little bit, but he was listening to this country song, and I was like, dude, you, what are you doing? You're like you're you're betraying your tribe. It's not exactly what I said, but he was like. Dude, like, listen to country music. This was new country uh, from that era, and it was actually a song called Dust on the Bottle, a uh, guy, something Montgomery. Um, and he's like, dude, this is the same chord progression as Green Day's latest album. <laughs> and we were both musicians, and I was like, shit. Yeah. He's like, it's all the yeah, same, same, dude. Like, just <laughs> let it go. Like, yeah, like it's, it's just a bunch of douche. I mean, like, everybody is douchey. Everybody is wonderful. Like... All the people around us who are like really damaging to us are just trying. They're yeah. just trying, yeah. and and it's been really. But but I st- like I still have this like emotional like venal like fuck no feeling about yeah. being yeah. there. No, and, and it it's so unfair because yeah, it some, is totally sometimes uh, pe- people will say things. So there's also because living in Portland, if you if you're not from Portland and you're from Oregon. When people from Portland come and you hear them talk about their thi- their their Portland things, 
Like, I remember that being very, like, oh, fucking people from Portland. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. yeah like, uh, with their goddamn blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, Lattes. Uh, yeah, lattes and healing <laughs> <and> crystals. <laughs> but like you know, but like I gotta like it's weird because like I have like this twinge of that sometimes here, oh. but then when I go back, I'm just like, oh my god, will you please stop with the yeah. with the grizzly can of chew? I knew a guy who had like Copenhagen tattooed on his arm, <laughs> like the top of the can. Yeah. I like like the other day, like we were so because I've never been there because we didn't have any like a uh, uh, Cracker Barrel. Oh yeah. We went to Cracker Barrel and like this there was someone with a mullet there and I didn't register cuz I grew up around a bunch of people who had mullets all the time. Yeah. Like why? And I'm not trying to be a dick, like it's just true. Yeah. And Lauren like literally ran into a wall, I think like look like what the fuck? Staring at the mullet. Like why do you like do you know what year it is? And then it didn't phase me. And, uh, and I was like, get the fuck off your high horse if the person wants a mullet. This is America. Yeah, mullet, yeah. Well, welcome to America, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's uh, – but moving on from that, because uh, we will not stop talking about it. It's beautiful to connect with you about it, but yeah, move on. I know. It's kind of like, oh, my God, uh, let's drink lots of beer after this. Um, the uh, Where did you go after, like when you got out? So uh, yeah, when um, you got out, that was no, no, yeah, yeah. And it yeah when you like left that, home, it felt like that. It, it really felt like that. So um, did you go to Bend like everybody else? No. Everybody goes to Bend That's because it's the quote unquote big town. Yeah, it's yeah. So no, I went to I went to the inverse of Central Oregon. I um, I uh, the the emotional stuff and the cultural stuff was a real problem for sixteen and seventeen year old Joel. I almost dropped out of high school. Before my senior year, ooh, I dropped out of sixth grade. We we're getting a lot of beer after and this, and I dropped out halfway through my senior year. Mm. Like, like, in order to graduate, I would have had to do superhuman effort, and I gave zero fucks. And I was able to, for the, and I'm this, like, this is a turning point in my life. Like, I was like, I know myself, and I know that if I'm not, if I don't care, I won't do it. And we're talking like. Early bird classes, late bird classes, mm-hmm. you know, correspondence courses just to get the credits. And I was a talented and gifted student. Like, it was it was a really, like, I was accustomed to not trying very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was also accustomed to cutting class and smoking cigarettes, um, apparently. Anyway, so I made this decision that was outside of what people would expect of you, which is to drop out, get a GED, and apply to college. Really? Yeah. And it required going against everybody's expectations and hopes, right? And I had to, like, I did a little bit of research before the internet existed yeah. and, like, you know, called people and was Do like, tell us. I was thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about getting a GED. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can apply for this school and that school with a GED. And I was like, cool. And then I got, like, real fighter pilot about it. And, like, the GED was, uh, uh, like, a cumulative six hours of, courses or of, of tests or something that you could take over the course of six weeks or something like that and I just took them all in a two hour period and aced it. Fuck you all, fuck fuck the system. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and it had this fantastic parade, like one person parade where I walked through the school and went to all of my teachers and gave them the books and was like, I'm dropping out, getting a GED and go to school. Fuck you up. <laughs> had a long summer. And then um, I could have gone to St. John's in New Mexico. Oh, wow. Great books program, which would have been very expensive. And my dad always said, like, wherever you want to go, we'll get you there. But Oh, so he was, he was supportive. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he also, like, I knew that that was going to be it's too much. hard yeah. mm-hmm. financially for him. But he wanted to do anything. But uh, Southern Oregon University in Ashland, Oregon, Southern Oregon yeah. State College when I applied. <laughs> Ashland, Oregon. Uh, yes, Ashland. that's yes. where I went. So I, uh, it not only was it when I called them, they were like, "Oh, well, you know," because they had my SATs. They're like, "Oh, looking at your SAT is like, you'll have no problem <laughs> getting into this backwater school." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you like Shakespeare? You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, and I did. I did love Shakespeare. Um, so I went there. It also had the last um, application date. Of any Oregon University. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You could you could procrastinate a little bit longer. So I went there for five years, and really? that was awesome. So I was able to go to another small town, but a small town where you can wear a jester hat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I had someone. Can I? It's really inappropriate what they told me, but it was a lady I met. Can I? Can I say it? 
I guess it's it was a long time ago. I, yeah, I guess I kind of have to. I was at uh, uh, Hair of the Dog. Okay, so was, it was not that long ago. No, 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 it wasn't that long. It was a few years ago. I was drinking a beer. And me and my friend were sitting there, and then we struck up a conversation because a little kid they had, married couple, real cute. Little kid was, like, interested in, like, something he had, like, on his keychain. And we started talking. We were like, oh, yeah, we, we moved to Ashland not too long ago. We're just up here for the day. And I was like, oh, where are you from? We're like, oh, we're from, like, Cleveland or some, like, Midwest town. And I was like, oh. Huh. I was like, what's Ashland like? And she stone cold looked at me in the eye and was like, it's like the town where all the swingers and cocaine went when it, start, when it stopped being cool. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I missed out on that. Yeah, that's what you have a seen that you have a child with you. <laughs> and then we left. That's what you made. That's a true story. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't throw a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, I, so I don't know. Like if you're from Ashland, please do not email me with like. Oh no, I'm I sure have no idea if that's true. Yeah. Back. Um, yeah. So I went there and I. I By the um, way, this podcast has a, a, a explicit. We can swear and shit. Okay. Yeah. So oh, like, oh fuck yeah! Oh fuck yeah! Just yeah. So yeah. I went there and and it was a it was a small town where you could be a little obnoxious and. Um, people welcomed it. Actually, yeah. you're like you're, you're not the most obnoxious person in any room you appear in, um, and so I was able to like be I, the poet version of myself and that's awesome. Um, go to school. It took five years to graduate, but it had this ability. So Redmond people don't come to Redmond, or now they do, but like at the time, like people didn't come to Redmond. Like Redmond, like I went to like my senior year. So many people from my first grade class, like, were in my senior class, mm-hmm. like, dozens of them, you know, and there's just not a lot of turnover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but Ashland, particularly you get to the college, like, there's there's a lot of, and it's kind of cool to have that backwater school because it was, like, the rich kid, the fuck-up rich kids from Southern California were like, oh, it's so close to Humboldt. This is awesome, right? <laughs> and they totally let me in. Like, it's cool. And my dad will pay out-of-state tuition, no problem. So I got to meet all these people from, like, more urban areas. Yeah. And I lived in wonder at them. I was like, you live in a place with freeways? Like, what's that like? You know? <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, you understand. Yeah. So I lived there for five years. And then... Um, Graduated from college, and I really thought like, and, and like the writing was very like what I was doing. I was running open mics and writing longer stuff, and I felt like that's what I needed to be. But growing up, how I did, like I didn't want to be insecure financially, like very afraid of that. And I still yeah. to this day don't understand how to not be financially insecure because yeah. I just didn't have a model for that. So I was like, I'm not going to go out and be a journalist or a teacher or something like that. <laughs> that's, that's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> right in. Just yeah. tell, us, tell us your feelings about that. But, like, you know, but I, was, I had acuity with technology. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, I was working in the telecom office there. And, like, so I went to the San Francisco area and stayed with a friend for four months and got a job and drove around. And, like, I taught myself how to drive on freeways. In the Bay Area, by just like <laughs> on my spare time, just like merging, like I would just go and merge. How how does one merge? I still can't parallel park. Can't fucking yeah. pay me to parallel to park. Yeah. yeah. So for four months, and I had this job. Like this was this is uh, 1998, 99, and I uh, I had this job where I would go to a uh, the office, and they'd give you work orders, and you'd go places, and I'd go from like Fremont, Kalapuya, up to like. Um, above the bridges and stuff, like, all over, and I just had to drive in traffic. So there was a AAA just down the street from my office. So I'd go to the office, get my work orders, go to AAA, be like, I gotta go to Fremont, and they would, like, give me maps to Fremont. Thomas Guide. (laughs) I have to go, yeah. Yeah, and I had a Thomas Guide and um, did that for four months. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And tried to be a, a writer in San Francisco, but, like, San Francisco was done. Like it had been the place where writers went because it wasn't cool, hmm. <laughs> and now it was super cool. <laughs> yeah, like this is like you know the dot com boom. You might have you know, it was like the dot com boom and stuff. And I was born in 1987. Oh yeah, forgot. Sorry, you were 12. Uh, 
Anyway, and and so yeah, it's like it wasn't some place where like suddenly people were like, "Oh, you write poetry, come here and like be amongst us and like join in our like happy day of like writing and honoring writing," you know? Like they would wheel Ferlinghetti out for events, and I'd go and watch him, and he'd be like, "Oh, I'm a fucking like circus animal. It's so funny," you know? And I was like, "This is not this is not what I wanted," and like panhandlers would knock on your door. Like, what? for a Redmond kid, like, that's weird. Like, they just knock on your that's door. That's weird in general. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was not. That, that sounds like an amazing scene in, like, an art house movie. Yeah. That, that's a, like. Just someone coming up to your door. Yeah, just, like, the opening scene of, like, a movie of some guy who just, like, moved somewhere and doesn't know anyone. And just, like, <laughs> do, 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 do. Who are you? <laughs> I just need five bucks, man. Just get on a bus, man. Uh, what? Come on, man. Five bucks. Just no, to get on a bus. No, and don't come here ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I got five be. friends coming to you. So. Yeah. yeah. It's like the shitty version of The Hobbit. <laughs> Instead of dwarves, it's people looking for money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so I, I went back to Ashland and I got a job working for the city. Worked there for a couple of years. Yeah. Did you ever Do- know the Rooklands? No. Rooklands. Yeah. No. That's like my old roommate's family. They're yeah. from down there, too. Nice. I just thought it was small enough. Yeah. Like oh, it's pretty small. Yeah. And I and I made friends. Like, I, you know, one of the things about Central Oregon is that, like, you sense the power of community. So you get to know people around you. You do. And, and that's been an instinct in my life forever, you know. And I'm just so weirded out by people who don't know their neighbors. Like, yeah. Go know your neighbors. Like, yeah, I, God damn it. We need to drink so much beer. Yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the one thing that my girlfriend absolutely hates about me is that when we move to new places, I have to introduce myself to the people who live around me. Yeah. And I, because I want to know, A, who are For you? Day, yeah. And then B, we should come have a barbecue at my house. I'm new. And then yeah. C, like, what if something bad happens? happens? You need to know. Yeah, here's my contact information. If And so, and I think I weird out my neighbor, because, like, the other day, like, because I have, have his phone number, because we, like, have talked a few times. And I was like, hey, just wanted to let you know your trunk's open. It won't close. And he was like, thanks? Did you tried to close it? Yeah. Like, and I was like, <laughs> You what? touched my car? Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, I, I don't know. Car. Like, I don't, I don't you know. probably don't want squirrels in your trunk, sir. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Is that like is it different in Pasadena? Do you just punch uh, strangers mean, in the face? Like what happens in California? Well, I mean, I I knew all my neighbors. We knew the whole like entire block. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's something that I, hmm. I yeah I think that's universal. Do you I know? Mean, is it? Hmm? Do you know? Know your neighbors? Yeah, yeah, totally. I know. Good, good. I know both of them front, uh, left, right, even behind us. Uh-huh. People cross the street, not so much. I live on Burnside, you're, you're so like that's the like, friendliest person I've ever met. Thanks. You're like you're very easy to talk to. Yeah, yeah. you're. Oh, thank you, guys. Like, uh, okay. Uh, no, it's true though. Like, I mean, I try to be. You know, it's like it's good to know people and get. I mean, yeah, I was telling Joel mm-hmm. this. It's just good to get to know other people and learn their lessons in life. You know. So yeah, that's true. If they had some like hardships or anything like that, they went through it. But yeah, no, I, I growing up in Pasadena, it was uh, yeah, a similar way. It just depends who you grew up with, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like what community it is. Yeah, once again, like like Aaron said, it's not like that was something particularly uniquely special about Central Oregon, but it was pretty consistent across everybody we knew there. Yeah. You know, like you knew everybody around. Yeah, and I mean, that's there definitely. It's definitely something nice that we can uh, take away from that. Yeah. So what, how did you get to Portland? The inevitable urban magnet. What is, Where that? is that? Located? I invented this, okay. but it's true. I invented this concept, this name for the truth about it, which is the name. you. Damn. So I've been, I'd been, so I've been in Ashland for two years. After that, I got to do this really fun project, like designing and deploying fiber optic cable for the city of Ashland. Super fun. Okay. Damn. Yeah. 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 Like a technologist, writer. not a writer. I mean, I was writing all the time, making money with technology, um, and. Uh, after a, so the part of the reason that I got to Portland was because digital cameras were invented. You guys are gonna love this, and it's like it's so it's so awesome and so embarrassing. Um, so I was living alone in this little farmhouse um, on East Main in Ashland, and it was great. Like I was a few blocks from my office. Ashland is a pretty depressed town like not a lot but I had like a city salary so I was like able to buy all my friends dinner and drinks all the time it was very popular and um, (laughs) and I had 
and I was able to date a lot of ladies, which was great. Um, but uh, it's a relatively small, small pool. <laughs> so pretty soon you've dated welcome. you've dated everybody's friend pretty soon, and they're not they can't you know. It's, 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 yeah. So so that that got a little finite, and then digital cameras were invented. So I was really excited by the digital camera because part of my experience in the world is that sometimes I see something just like a frame, and it's so beautiful in some weirdly like. Like it's it's asinine or it's it's very minor, but it's just like oh, there's like I don't know the way the light is on that curb or something. Like I'm moved by it. I want to capture it, but like the old film cameras, it was. I mean, like you take the picture, you don't know if it came out. Right. You have to spend money. Two weeks later, you get it, and yeah. you're like, why did I take this picture of this curb? And the lens cap on. Yeah, yeah. It's just so, so <laughs> no. Yeah. So so I was like, digital cameras gonna allow me to like try to like capture this thing that I had an emotional connection to and like see what it was better like see from a different mm-hmm. point of view or a different point in time it. like why I was so moved by that so I bought one an early one they were horrible and it was it was nice yeah. that I could do this but I was just like what is this pixelated 8-bit monster thing that's attacking me you know it wasn't that useful for that but the cell phone or the the digital camera that I bought had a an 8-shot fast um, setting so you could you'd hit it once. Set eight. It was close. And one day I was sitting alone in my little farmhouse. Uh, perhaps the little cat that would come and visit me uh, was there. And I was like, I wonder. And I took it and I set it to the eight bit thing or the the eight shot thing. And I started like at my hairline you know, my brow, my forehead, and I hit the button, and I ran it right over the top of my head. Okay. And then I looked at the display, and I confirmed that my hair was thinning. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was expecting. No, no, and I was 26, and my hair was slightly thinning, but not many people have photographic proof of that, you know, but I did, and I was like, shit! Like, here I am in this fucking little town. Like, I have a finite number of people that I can date. And, like, I have this job that has a pension. Like, I'm almost vested in the state of Oregon PERS program. And, oh, like, Jesus. I know. <laughs> yeah, play taps, right? Like, <laughs> although Be now, nice. it's funny, at 40, now I'm like, I could have stuck it out for two yeah, years. <laughs> anyway, um, and I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. My brother lived in Portland and. I was like, I, I'm, you know, and that was, it was still during the tech boom, so I called a tech recruiter up here, and they were like, yeah, you're good, just come on just up. Just come on up. And, uh, and so I uh, quit my job and moved up here with, with a, a prospect of a job. Okay. Damn. Did you get the job? You said prospect. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, the recruiter was, a rec- worked with a recruiter? Yeah, they're, they're, they're mostly awful. Um, Recruiter was a shyster. If you're a recruiter listening to this, we love you. Please keep listening. I actually, I have loved recruiters. Like, yeah. literally love them, and there are some great ones. But um, awesome. <laughs> another, another time. Another beer. Uh, anyway, um, I eventually did get a job, but the first job f- fell through. And uh, But, yeah, I bought a house with my brother, which was also a bad idea. That's what I was about to oh, say. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't Don't heard do that. that of being a good idea before. No, it's... Yeah, it's people do you it. should continue to not hear okay. of it as a good idea. Okay. Don't buy a house with your brother. Our relationship was repaired years later. Okay, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's good. After happy it, ending. It broke. Um, totally. Yeah, and, uh, and we moved into... That was in 2001. Oh, wow. Okay. I've been here ever since. How... how uh, how do you think you like it compared to little you, 17, 16-year-old uh, you? Do you? Is your life what you thought it would be? Is it? Yeah, it's, that's a funny one. Um, a lot of what I do is sales and relationships, which nobody thinks is a job, like when mm-hmm. they're 14, or they think it's mm-hmm. a job for the dead, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a lot of us, and I was just talking with somebody earlier today, like, but I like it. Like, I love that, the interpersonal stuff. Um, the fact that I get to do the creative work is great. The fact that I own a house and have to maintain it and deal all with, like, stuff, yeah. all the, just the, you know, like, what's my tax bracket, you know, stuff. Like, I'm so bad at it, and I hate being bad at things. And also, it doesn't get us down the road. Like, being good at dealing with your fucking 
retirement doesn't contribute or it doesn't feel good to me and it doesn't contribute to what I think what the 17 year old Joel thinks matters in the world which is writing something that moves the needle mm -hmm. you know which is like having a conversation with somebody that helps them that elevates them yeah like all the effort that I spend trying to figure out whether to remodel my kitchen or you know once again so much time on this. yeah yeah can I just like get it out of the way and then go write something or go, you know, have a conversation with somebody or be a part of a community. Do you feel like you get to do that uh, enough, though, with everything going on? Do you, like, try to make time for that? I, I prioritize it to the detriment of other things, for <laughs> sure, and and yet it's not as much as the 17-year-old Joel thinks I should, you know. It's, it's, he's critical of every moment that I'm not doing that. Hey, thanks again for listening to the fifth episode of And A. Uh, if you guys want to help the show out, please rate us full stars on whatever platform you're listening to us on, and please tell a friend. We definitely want to keep the show going and growing, and you guys will help doing that. If you want to drop us a line, you can visit our website at www.andawith3hs.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Also, Joel, do you have any... Anything you want to uh, mention? Like, are, it, where, where can people find you? Thanks for asking. Um, the The thing that I've been doing lately that, that I'm very interested in is I've been publishing essays on medium.com. So medium.com slash Joel Byron Barker. My middle name is Byron. Um, and, uh, and just like you guys, interaction really means a lot. Like, I put a fair amount of effort into some of those. And if somebody likes it or shares it or medium has a wonderful... Um, both highlighting and commenting tools. So uh, my skin's pretty thick. Not even Aaron can make me cry. So uh, let me know what you think. Challenge accepted. Going for another episode? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Joel back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Weigh in what you think will happen. Will it be Aaron or will it be Joel? Both. My money's on both. Yeah, we're crying each other's shoulders. Yeah, oh, that's adorable. We're going to need a lot more beer. Yeah. <laughs>